Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. So I wonder how Warwick are feeling right now. Oh yeah, yeah, because they go into semi-finals. They look at three of uh, two out of the three teams going. I've beat you before. I beat you too. That's true. Um, I have to say, you must be feeling pretty comfortable if you're Routen Co right now going. Well, we've done this before, haven't we've we? We've gotten a pretty good uh, track record here, cracks knuckles. Indeed. So, as you can tell, we've finally wrapped up with the quarterfinals. They've mm. gone on for much longer than expected. Yes. But I won't say they outstayed their welcome because we've had some truly remarkable matches, mm-hmm. especially this last one just now. Yeah. Oh my, did I not expect to see that much of a close call. Yeah, this was a lot closer than we were both expecting and it made for very tense, very exciting television. I know, I was on the edge of my seat, especially with just two minutes to go. I mean, we're kind of getting a bit ahead of ourselves, but Mm. we just need to reiterate. Now, Strathclyde, you know, they're not a bad team by any stretch of imagination. They're very good to have come this far, but... Mm. It was fairly clear from when you look at point averages that Maudlin were more of the favourites coming in. Mm-hmm. And so to get to the point where we were with in the closing minutes of this, yeah. where it looked like it might have been the upset of the season. Yeah, I agree. So it didn't seem as though um, Maudlin's victory was a commanding one. No. You know, it was it was very close at multiple points. So they started off with a very good lead, but then Strathclyde caught up. Uh, and at one point, it looked like they might just win. But then, um, yeah, I, I guess I get what you're saying. The the victory that Maudlin has had, or their track record, especially in the last few matches, has not been maybe as stellar as one would have expected. Maybe, but uh, I guess we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. So... Well, first of all, hello, welcome. Oh, yes. This is one hell of a cold open, isn't it? <laughs> I know. So, yes, uh, we unfortunately do have to say to the last Scottish team of the Series 50 of University Challenge. Yes, goodbye to Strathclyde. They are the uh, 24th team, I believe, to have uh, left the competition. Can't believe that we've already seen 24 teams be kicked out. Yeah, I mean, in the first round, it's kind of just like, okay, left and right, people are leaving, and you don't yeah. really get attached to them that much unless... Yeah. You know, you're, for example, Van Soost, where you usually <laughs> burn yourself into the retinas of uh, viewers just yeah. because of how much you stand out. Yeah. Everyone else, we kind of... Just <laughs> your retinas, maybe. I don't know. I think he had quite a few um, favourites. Yes. But especially when you've seen teens two or three times and you start yeah. to get attached to them, especially the little quirks and the mannerisms, yeah. you really feel it when they exit. Yeah. As we saw last week when we had to see Durham, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I think class. especially during the quarterfinals. I was pretty sad when Birkbeck left, uh, yeah. particularly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was no team that we were going to be happy to see go. It was yeah. always going to be, a, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. So... Likewise, Strathclyde, well done on getting as far as you did. Yep. This is the furthest Strathclyde I've ever gotten. Mm. In, oh, uh, that's spectacular, Challenge, spectacular job. According to the University of Strathclyde uh, mm. Twitter page. Okay, well, I think that's an achievement in itself. Yeah, and I have to say, we have to remember that this is not an English competition. This is a United Kingdom competition. And for as long as Scotland is still unfortunately strapped to the sinking <laughs> ship that is... Um, <laughs> United Kingdom, they are allowed to take part in this competition. Yeah, of course. So, yes, so Modlin was off to a a great start. 100 points uh, ahead in the first seven minutes, I would say. Definitely one of the more commanding openings. The only Mm. opening which I think was stronger was Manchester's first round match. Okay. Because they scored 100 points in about three minutes. Yes. Because they got the perfect set of four. Yes, yes. But I think even in this case, Modlin not only got many of the starters, but almost got all their bonuses correct as well in these first few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. And then 
something went wrong. And I think it was the bonus set on celestial bodies mm-hmm. where they got none of the bonus questions right. Yeah. I think something, I think yes. it was a knock to their confidence or something yes. because they seemed a lot less on the ball. Mm. And that's when Welsh kind of <laughs> jumped in and went on the attack. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting how you can be on a roll, but all it sometimes takes is uh, one wrong answer mm. and then the next one and then the next one. And then you kind of just fall like dominoes sometimes. Yeah. So you have to have a very consistent um, strategy or you, you kind of cannot let even one wrong answer mess with you. Exactly. Momentum is definitely a thing. Yeah. And we saw that, I think, in the very first match of Series 50 yeah. when Williams from Exeter Mm. lost five points in the buzzing and then he didn't buzz in for the rest of the game Correct. because I think it just shook his confidence so much yeah. that he only contributed to uh, the team answers. Mm-hmm. So momentum is actually quite important, Ooh, it seems. Clearly, clearly. But that's a very good, good observation. Yeah, and what well, I'm glad that it did because it meant that, you know, it gave Strathclyde room to actually get into the game because... Yeah. They definitely had a very slow start mm. this time around. And, and, and they had multiple close calls as well. Yeah. So I remember uh, Whittle gave an answer about, uh, was it Henry the Fourth or Henry mm. the Eighth? Part Henry the Fourth, part two, when it was actually part one. <laughs> and that's the point where I feel like, okay, I know they're separate plays, but come on, this feels like it's rubbing it in ever so slightly. Yeah, and so I feel like this happened a couple of times and you could really feel... Um, Strathclyde's frustration I just felt like there were so many answers that were on the tip of their tongue but then they just went with the wrong one instead and when they found out what the right answer was there was just this collective kind of frustration across the whole team I mean I think at first there was a bit of frustration uh, especially because I feel like Karen especially seems to be getting very anxious that he couldn't quite get the answer right and I mean I understand when you almost have it but you don't quite get it and it starts to uh, kind of uh, play with you a little bit but yeah. I think near the end they were starting to have a bit more fun with it mm. just kind of being a bit more relaxed and even when they got the question wrong just nah well what are you going to do <laughs> when uh, they got the um, question yeah. about rivers uh, wrong okay yes well, I was first like ah well and then when they said oh that's definitely a rock no it's Syria oh well <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah yeah, yeah you could see that kind of, I think it was the point in which maybe the dynamic shifted a little where they maybe realised that they might not win this time and just but they don't And honestly, if they were a bit luckier on the questions they got Mm. in the bonuses, they could well have walked away with the winners here. Yeah. I mean, you know, then again, I would say that, you know, looking at Maudlin, for example, I did think that their strengths were more evenly spread across all the players. So you definitely had, you know, Lawson, but then also Byrne. Uh, Davies also coming in with a few correct starters. Uh, Payne unfortunately dropped 10 points with incorrect buzzers, but I feel like she's always been a very kind of silent um, contributor to the team. I noticed yeah. that Lawson looks to her quite often during conferring. So I feel like she's a very quiet but steady presence. So I think that um, balance across the whole team was what pushed them um, to victory. Yeah, I would say. I mean, she definitely contributed more correct answers than Star Marshall did, unfortunately. Mm. Who also didn't buzz in this time around. No, he didn't. No. Yeah. I feel like there was definitely something off a little mm. bit with the morning performance this time round. Right. So it might have been, you know, the fact that they've uh, lost uh, a match uh, against True. Warwick and they're now going into semis because if they lost this one, it's it, it's kind it's of the end of the yeah. for them, right? So I think the pressure might have got to them a little bit. Well, see, here's the thing. We've seen Lawson really become <laughs> a new man under pressure before. Yeah. So I don't see why it would be different this time round. Mm. 
And I don't think it was a problem with Lawson necessarily. I feel like the entire team as a whole, there was a bit of a shake-up, especially after they got a few incorrect buzzes. It did feel like that. It that did feel like They were being a bit more hesitant to buzz in. Like yeah. They're trying to hedge their bets a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe it's because they were in the league, they thought they... There was no point risking it unnecessarily, but mm. but still a very good final score for sure. No, they had a fantastic final score, all things considered. Considering and, it's a quarterfinals, yeah. And considering there were fifteen drop points over the course of this uh, yeah match, they yeah one hundred eighty five is still very very solid scores. Yes. Well, I think we've done enough psychoanalyzing of uh, these teams. Let's talk about uh, the questions. Yeah, so if I may say so myself, I found some of these questions to be a bit easy. Ooh. Ooh, look at me. Look at you <laughs> starting to feel like you're the talk of the town, well, talk of the world. I mean, see if you agree, right? So there was this sure. question on years that have consecutive numbers in them. So Actually, that, yeah. I thought that was very easy because all you need to do is guess the right century and then you have the answer. And the clues were pretty big as well. There's a clue on abolition. Yeah. It obviously means, you know, 17 or 1800s. Mm. And then on Italian, I think, Renaissance art, which can only be, what, 15, 1500s, 1600s? Well, it was 1678 because it's one of the later, actually post-Renaissance, because Renaissance was 15th and 16th century, yes. right? Yeah. So it's just after them. But mm. also the same when you're talking about the histories of Kublai Khan, well, he was active in the 13th century, yes. so it has to be afterwards during the Yuan dynasty. Yeah, so I, I that one I thought was, you know, actually quite a bit easier than some other questions. Easier? So by university the, challenge standards, yeah, I yeah. would say. <laughs> okay, of course, a caveat always. Um, and then there's another easy one about dinosaurs and birds. Yeah, and <laughs> no one was very easy because I think that Bern thought it was easy as well because when he buzzed in, he first kind of looked around like, did I miss something? It can't be birds. Right? It can't be this easy. And I've seen Davis do something similar before yeah, where an easy yeah, question yeah. was asked he just kind of looked around like, is no one asking a buzz? <laughs> Isn't it All right. this? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So that had the same vibes. The one on Maritime, Silk Road, Port Cities, I thought was very easy as well because we've had so many kind of picture rounds based on maps, right? Yeah. And... This was essentially the world map and all you needed to know was where the countries are and what the major cities were. Okay, and I guess so. However, I would like to remind you that when we were watching this live and there was a point on uh, on uh, Malacca, the first thing you said was, what was it again? Well, I said Singapore. But, uh-huh. but then, you know, you have to know Singapore is actually one of the second, well, I think the second largest port city. Yes, um, now, not during the, the height of the Maritime the... Silk Road. Yes, exactly. So mm-hmm. I looked closer at the map and yeah. I realized that it was actually Malacca. But I do generally think that that was, you know, compared to a lot of these other yeah. ge- like kind of geography-based maps kind of mm-hmm. questions, a bit more straightforward. I just find it funny that I think your Singaporean pride kind of burned through a little bit more. Haha, whatever. Singapore was um, mentioned again wrongly by uh, Maudlin, I believe. There's a question on country a country that got independence from the UK in 1984 and shares a border with Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So they said it was Singapore, but the right answer was Brunei, which they did eventually get. So, you know, Singapore, it, it's a small country. It barely gets mentioned on television. And if it does, it's often wrongly, or, <laughs> you know, with really awful stereotypes attached. So I'm over here excited every time it's mentioned. So, well, you know, fair you enough. what you get. Yeah. And also it was because he has for a land border and technically, for sure, glasses, there's no land there's border no, between a, Singapore and Malaysia. Um, so, yeah. Indeed. There we go. But no, that was actually a very fun uh, picture round, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, the very first picture round. Mm. And then the second picture round, <laughs> I mean, it's fine art again, but it was a funny um, topic, which was with fish the pictures of fish in fine art. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty um, amusing. 
Exactly. Yeah. Who knew fish could be depicted in all these different ways? Some were very trippy. The one which was yeah. the it looked like a ray or a, yeah, you was know, that by Paul Klee. No. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, where it had its guts spilling out. That felt like a little. No, that wasn't Paul Klee. There yeah. was someone else, but yeah. But that one was uh, quite intense. Mm. And also another one where it's not funny, but it sounds a bit weird. Was yeah. the music round, which was symphonies <laughs> with an offstage brass section. Yeah, I know, right? It sounds like there's a joke in there. Yeah, because somewhere. it almost sounds like. Paxman was saying off brass and was like, huh, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, another question I did like was, even though Maudlin got it completely wrong, was mm. the celestial bodies with oh, uh, yes. peaks. Yeah. Because it kind of evokes a very sci-fi image. Yeah. You know, going to different worlds and you see all these crazy alien landscapes. Yeah, it's yeah. a very evocative image. I definitely thought so. I have uh, as a question round. That would have been a fun picture round. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, try and guess which planet is. Oh, that would be a very tough one, actually. Yeah, because, I mean, I think when you look at planets up close, they're just kind of rocky masses. Also, creatures. some of them we've not taken as close pictures. So, for example, Jupiter and Saturn's moons, for example. They'd probably be very grainy. Yeah, pretty much. We've not sent a probe there that recently, as far as I'm I aware. Don't, I don't know. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. There is also the question about ski slopes, which... Um, oh, yes. I mean, I wouldn't have got very much, but it was just kind of uh, fun to have something which, you know, is a is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen references to cricket, to football. So, yeah. to have a winter sports be included, it's kind of general sports type knowledge questions. Yeah, and I think ski uh, Swiss ski resorts are pretty popular among British tourists, right? Yeah. I didn't know that uh, Sam Moritz is named after uh, Beatrice Hill of the Swiss Guard. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Well... The more you know. Mm-hmm. You do really have a chance to learn from university Just challenges. A, yeah, definitely a lot of second-hand kind of osmosis of knowledge going on. For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. In terms of other questions... See, here's the thing. There were some questions which were kind of interesting. A few that were very easy, like yeah. we talked about. Also others where I had no idea what was going true, on. True, true. Yes. And... I think that, uh, yeah, this means that when it comes to the semifinals, we're going to be lucky to get maybe two or three questions right. You know, I'd be proud of myself regardless. Yeah, because I know historically the final is really devilishly difficult at points. Wow, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm Mm. looking forward to it. Well, do you think it's time to move into some stats? I think it's a perfect time to start talking about some stats. All right. So, um, yeah, final score of 185 to Maudlin and 125 to Strathclyde. In terms of starter questions, not that much of a gap, I would say, because Maudlin came in with 10 out of 16 correct starters, mm-hmm. Strathclyde 8 out of 12. So, so actually yeah. pretty pretty close on, on that front. But when it came to bonuses, that's where you can see... Um, the big difference. Yeah, yeah because Maudlin uh, managed 20 correct bonuses out of a total of 27. Oh, wow. Uh, Strathclyde only 9 out of 24. Yeah, that's really bad. They've actually always struggled on bonuses a bit. Yeah. I remember in the match against Manchester, that was very low on both teams for bonus found out answers. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, almost 75% um, correct bonuses uh, from Maudlin, which is actually one of the highest scorers that we've seen for bonuses so far. Yeah, I think only Balliol's managed higher. Yeah, I mean, that's Balliol also comes to mind. Mm. Uh, and then Strathclyde, unfortunately, 37%. So uh, on the lower end in the in the quarterfinals. Yeah. yeah. The score, 185. That's despite, yeah, 15 points being dropped. Yeah, exactly. So I think if uh, those points hadn't been dropped uh, it wouldn't have been so close, obviously, so it wouldn't have been as tense. Yeah. So I, I can imagine how pain must have felt, you know, where they were 
just five points. Uh, it was a five-point gap. And if not for her kind of drop points, it could have been a comfortable lead at some point. So now, you don't know. You say that. I think actually Lawson is ruining his drop points more because that's the one that Strathclyde were able to capitalize on. Mm. Because the two times that Payne dropped, Strathclyde were not able to pick up the rebound. That's fair, yeah. Whereas Lawson's drop point, they were able to capitalize and convert it into a bonus set. Yeah, you'd be surprised where Strathclyde has managed uh, actually four rebounds this time. That's very impressive. Yeah, so yeah, from uh, Maudlin's total of eight interruptions, five of which were correct, uh, Maudlin, I mean, sorry, Strathclyde did manage four rebounds, so not too bad. No, that is very impressive. And that's actually not a, I mean, it's a very risky tactic if you can force your opposing team to buzz slightly too early. Mm. and then get the rebounds <laughs> how would that. you do that though I don't know I think stare if, them down I'm not sure about staring down but yeah. uh, you know if you have an aggressive buzzing game yourself you uh, can force them to start buzzing faster as well yeah 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 because I feel like someone did that against Maudlin as well mm. in the second round mm-hmm. uh, was pushing them harder to um, buzz I thought so who was it was it Warwick it was Warwick wasn't it no it was Webb no sorry Corpus Christi <laughs> starring Sean Webb indeed I remember that now yes that was yeah that was a weird one as well that was pretty weird <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, Modern's had quite a few interesting uh, matchups because yeah. remember they're the ones against University College yeah. in the first round, yes. where if it wasn't for four instances of dropped points, they would have been in the best scoring losers. Mm, fair enough, yeah. And I think that's where they really capitalized on rebounds as mm. well. So it's almost the how the turntables kind of situation. Indeed, indeed. No, very interesting stats. Definitely. Thank you once again, UC Stats, for doing the hard work so that we can uh, capitalize on it ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of the stats section. So, any final comments before we get to our anticipated best dressed? I think just one last well done to Strathclyde for making it so far. Hats off to you, especially to uh, Mr. Whittle Mm. on uh, winning uh, the best dressed two two times in a row (laughs) after um, an interesting choice in the second round. (laughs) Um, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have to select you this time around. I'm so sorry. Mm. Not to say that we didn't like the return of the large collar. Mm. It was an interesting choice. Yeah. But I think this time for best dressed, I think I'm going to give it to Lawson, I'll be honest. Yeah, I think the same for me. Just solid, consistent. That blue shirt has done so much work for him. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, and of course, you know, Payne has also been dressing very well but I feel like we've given it to her the last few times so it's only fair to share the love a little bit yeah sure and I think there's been quite a good amount of uh, netware on show Mm. uh, this round so it must have been quite chilly when they were recording these uh, yeah I reckon uh, late last year perhaps yeah possibly I don't know what the temperature was in the UK at the time Yeah, but uh, yeah uh, well done on to Modern for going through the semi-finals we're looking Mm. forward to seeing you facing off against Baleo now that's going to be an interesting one so next week we're going to first see Imperial versus Warwick again mm-hmm. my god and then after that it's going to be uh, Maudlin versus uh, Belial so that's going to be a Cambridge Oxford it's going to be two more nail biting rounds I know I know because then... you're going to have an actual grudge match because <laughs> Sorry, Imperial are going to have to come back and defend oh, no. their honour. Can you imagine uh, the psychology of going up against someone who's already defeated you? How is, does that How does that feel like? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Oh, I, I would not want to be in that green room staring at people who've beaten you before. No, oh my goodness. Yeah, so either way, whoever wins, we're going to have a great time, I'm sure. Yeah. And no matter what, we're going to have a... St- 
stellar finale for sure. I know, sure. I know. I'm really looking forward to it. So join us next week when we finally uh, have a view of uh, the semifinals. Yeah, and uh, in the meantime, feel free to hit us up on our socials. I'm not going to say them again because I think we've done it before. And well, we're, we're called I Got That One. Yeah, so you it's can figure easy. it out. Uh, on Twitter, it's I Got That One too. Uh, on if you want to send us an email, it's I Got That Igto Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Igto. Igto podcast at gmail.com totally garbled it whatever it's fine or you can just search for us I'm sure we pop up yeah so yeah send us any feedback especially since we gobbled up uh, that that's definitely something we could approve on yeah recommend us to all your friends and family and pets and we'll see you next week it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me goodbye